0: I'm not going to be a good person. Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Bright Kumalo. Tackling your stock-related questions this evening as well, Ake Mguni from Banguela Global Fund Managers and Tamsan Nganeta from Shiloh Capital. Don't forget to send us those questions via SMS to four one three nine two, to email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Mr. Mguni, Tamsan, welcome to the show um, Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's been a, an incredible, well, an incredibly disappointing uh, last five trading days, you know, if you can, from Friday last week. So uh, we, we basically were in the green in global markets all the way through to Friday. And from Friday to Wednesday, we wiped out all of those gains and ended up in the negative 4.6% on the nasdaq and 4.2 percent and the s p 500 what's happening in in markets uh, mr
1: mguni i laugh because uh, i think there was a lot of optimism in the market that wasn't really justified I mean, and you are very
0: bearish for some reason
1: yeah i am <laughs> i am but i'm excited as things that, like these happen when the markets are falling because it gives us opportunities i think right. what is what what is key is if you look at what is happening in the global economy you've got europe i mean europe is going to go into a recession there's no doubt about it uh, uh putin has just completely cut off gas to uh, europe and some industries the transportation industry for example in germany it's about half of uh, operates on half of uh, uh, gas and that industry is, is gonna uh, collapse you're gonna have uh, difficulty in mobility in europe and that will affect the economy the second thing is that if you look at uh, mm. asia i mean China, the big growth engine there, is also under pressure with COVID lockdowns that have been repeated and they are not able to produce and, and export. And then you're left with the US where the rate hikes are being ramped up. We're starting to see yeah. some of the companies that are, being, that are raising rates that, that are actually uh, cutting jobs. So, so I think the global economy is probably headed for a difficult period. And that is where the disconnect was between the market being optimistic and having high expectations versus what was happening on the ground so i I think uh, it's all justified and i'm quite excited
0: (laughs) you're quite (laughs) excited i like that but i don't like the fact that you know china announced that um second second largest um you know COVID curb i mean shengdu or the or the metropolis (laughs) of shengdu is the second largest Uh, you know, with, you know, 21 million people in there um, that are now going to be, you know, immobile, 100%, and, you know, in efforts to basically curb COVID. And someone asked this morning, when is it going to end? (laughs) Look, it was first Shanghai in the first two quarters, and now we're here uh, in Chengdu. So I don't know. Tamsang, are your, your thoughts on where we are currently? I mean, for you, I'll put this one to you. I mean, the local markets were up about 2%. Uh, for the month of August, not as bad as the 4.6 down on the NASDAQ and the 4.2 down on the S&P 500. But, I mean, we gave all of that away today alone. So, now what?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a lot of what Mr. Mguni has said that I agree with. I think the the macro story is supply shocks that are going to take some time to come into effect, especially around energy and as well as goods and services that are now... Uh, offshored and made in regions of the world that are not western so once you cut off uh, areas like russia and china from the global market then supply side shocks start coming through um you you have supply shocks in coal in uranium you'll have supply shocks in goods that are being sold across the world and we're seeing the effects of that the second part is we're seeing the dependence of europe on russia i think uh, they underestimated what it would take to be able to combat a scenario in which uh, Russia is excluded from supplying them. Uh, The third is that now oil can be bought or, I guess, settled in CNY. That also provides a huge supply shock, especially to reserve currencies, uh, where countries can buy oil at huge discounts, especially countries like India, and settled in CNY. Uh, And then I think the the fourth and most important part is, is commodity prices on our end, Uh, We we are a large commodity market, and how the world perceives and procures our commodities uh, makes a difference. Um, What's happening in the U.S. is largely a repricing. Uh, Interest rates going up, stock markets and and investors are repricing future value of companies, and uh, that is coming with a huge correction. Uh, Alongside inflation, which uh, most people thought was demand-side inflation, but as we've been crying and yelling about it it's a supply side issue and uh, those Mm -hmm. are harder to solve than just simple interest rate hikes.
0: yeah i mean you can only do so much you can control the services industry with interest rates you know manipulation but you can't really um you know control hard manufacturing and supply chain unfortunately so this is a new problem that's uh, on our feet and we should see uh, what's going to happen there but what i've gathered from what you've said Uh, Tom signalled that you're very bullish on local commodity stocks without using many words, Um, which I which I like as a South African. Anything that's good for the blue collar is good for me, Uh, so I like that. It's good for jobs. Also, it's good for the country. Maybe eventually it'll be good for the economy. Very bullish on SA. Uh, Let's jump into our questions. We have one here on SMS, which says, uh, "Is coronation." Not a good stock to part one's money in these uncertain times. This is from Barry, so I think he wants to sell his coronations. I mean, why would you do that? It has a dividend yield of infinity at this point, <laughs> Mr. Muguni.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's probably too late to sell it now. I mean, you, it's down probably 30-something percent uh, year-to-date. And I think, uh, as you say, I mean, it's a dividend-paying stock. Uh, it's quite geared to the market, and I think stocks tend to recover ahead of uh, 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 the actual economy. So you're probably going to go into a bad patch in the next uh, two quarters, and then things would start improving as the market looks ahead rather than actually waiting for the actual uh, uh, GDP improvement. So I'll certainly say that uh, given their equity exposure, they might be one of the early beneficiaries when things turn. Mm-hmm. But to sell it now, I mean, I'm probably too late and the yield is uh, quite attractive.
0: Tam is like super bullish on, on coronation, so I want to hear his thoughts. <laughs> Any change there?
2: um I, I think I'm bullish on the sector especially. I yeah, think yeah. Um, the fee structures that um, 91, Ellen Gray, Coronation and the likes have in South Africa are quite, quite uh, great revenue generators. I also think um, if... if if you are looking for dividend yield, these sort of stocks are the best to buy. They give, they consistently pay out a great dividend. Um, I wouldn't necessarily look at Coronation as a value play, uh, but it's definitely a great dividend play.
0: Okay, I like that. Great dividend play on, on Coronation. We have a question here about Alibaba and other ADRs that are listed, uh, you know, Hong Kong or Chinese companies that are listed in the U.S. It says, do you think the Chinese regulator will adhere to the SEC's audit regulations needed in order for those companies to retain their list listings in america i mean jd.com might be an adr but alibaba specifically is not an adr it's actually a direct listing in the new york stock exchange uh most of those uh education companies some of them are listed directly in the nasdaq or nyse some of them are adr so it's a good question because there was a lot of developments coming out from Monday, this, uh, this, this past Monday. Yeah, Mr. Mguni.
1: Yeah, look, I, I don't think they can afford, I mean, the, the Chinese regulators can afford not to uh, cooperate. I mean, the shock, if you think about the alternative to those companies being dislisted in the U.S., firstly, you destroy a lot of value and you would need capital to buy out the, the other shareholders that, uh, that you'd be kicking out of the books. So, so I, th- I certainly think that they they have no option but to comply. Hence, on Monday they agreed yeah. on uh, the U.S. Uh, audit regulator having access to 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 the uh, audit reports uh, from the Chinese company. So it looks like there'll be a two-layered uh, uh, audit process, and sadly, it would cost uh, <laughs> a bit, but it. It's cheaper than losing your listing on a the, on the new external exchange.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you compared that, you know, that little burden of having two sets of auditors uh, as compared to the value lost in the past, you know, two to three years in something like an Alibaba or dot JD.com or even a Tencent, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, you might want to take the temporary pain to see a little bit of upside. I know you you particularly follow this sector quite closely, Tamsama. So what are your thoughts?
2: Um, it's it's now a political football, to be honest. Uh, it's now about relations between the two countries and how they view each other. Um, China uh, is not like other countries. They could put up the money and uh, delist the thing if they wanted to uh, and privatize it tomorrow or withdraw certain licenses that will tank the stock and so on and so forth. They could do that. But I think... Um, global relations require that, uh, as much as they would not want these companies to go under a foreign scrutiny, that they re- they maintain some level of fo- foreign re- relations with the United States. Uh, they now have a symbiotic relationship and they need each other. So I think it's important that uh, they maintain that. Um, it's got nothing to do with the economics of of Alibaba or JD Group. It's now really down to the po- the politics between the two. Very, very large countries. Um, As they say, when two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. Um, JD Group and Alibaba are that grass.
0: And we've suffered enough, to say the least. I think we're going to keep getting this old mutual question every single day for some reason until we actually, you know get to a a resolution from the board or something or answer from the board or a written letter from Mr. Williamson himself, Um, (laughs) it seems. So this one is from Derek Harris who says, uh, the old mutual share price took quite a knock uh, since the triple PE Bulatila share scheme was announced. Is it still worth to buy in as the discount is nearly wiped out? So obviously when it was announced, it was around 14 rands, 13 rands. Uh, The discount was the equivalent of, you know, I don't know, uh, 20%. But now uh, this thing was announced at 10 rands. The share price of Old Mutual is trading at 10 rands. And Mr. Munguni, your thoughts? I mean, I don't want to buy an equity and be locked in for 10 years uh, where I could just go directly and buy the shares of Old Mutual uh, with, you know, better liquidity and, you know, better economics and I get 100% on my, on my close to 13% dividend, uh, rather than you know, taking this thing that's going to start off with a lot of debt at the beginning. And I'm not even sure at the end of the 10 years I'll make a lot of money anyways. So I don't know, I'd rather take the risk off the top uh, where there's a little bit of quote-unquote certainty, even though we know there's no certainty in markets. But at least I have you know, the control of liquidity.
1: You know, look, uh, I think, first of all, one has to look at why Unutral has to do this. I mean, they, they need to improve their uh, BE scorecard. Yep. And, and I think uh, uh, that is key. I think the second thing is that uh, they obviously pitched their, <coughs> their stock, or at least their, their offer to BE shareholders at a price that they thought uh, was a discount to what was uh, uh, the the price then and that discount seems to have been wiped out uh, almost instantaneously so they might have to do something else but i think for people who can put a little bit of uh, capital and then uh, allow the dividends to pay off the debt uh, i think might be an attractive structure Uh, i certainly think that uh, they made it wide open i mean from people i think they said from 100 grand uh, uh accessibility so it might maybe create a lot of uh, uh, excitement in the market but yeah i mean I, I agree with you if we close the market today i'll take the listed price other than the b e share yeah i mean the
0: structure look don't get the structure wrong the structure is very favorable and i'm not saying people shouldn't participate in the scheme still think it's very favorable i haven't seen terms this generous in a very long time um, but, but, you know, the discount now, the issue is now on the discount. I think the board and whoever made the deal or presented it to to the board made a big mistake by giving it an actual price using the share price when they could have said, you know, in the last 30 days of the deal being struck, we will use the, you know, 20% of VWAP or, you know, as a discount rather than actually giving a share price because now arbitrage guys are going to chase this thing to the floor. If they come back, you know, with another um, discount of twenty percent, and say whatever—it's eight rands. It's gonna, it's gonna go to eight rands. It's a, it's a, it's, a loser's game at this point. So, I don't see them winning that game. Anyways, Tamsang, are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, um, I agree with you. It's a, it's a case of poor corporate communication. You've basically communicated to the wrong people what you're trying to do. Yeah. You're trying to create a, 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 a participation. Uh, for previously disadvantaged individuals, but yet you've communicated to, as you said, app traders um, <laughs> that they can short the, short the stock down to a particular price. So I think uh, what is most likely to happen is there'll be an, a, a new announcement in, in, or a new presentation to the board and a new announcement that lines up with what you're saying, where they'll, they'll, they'll reprice it and then use the view app or some other similar sort of pricing to communicate to the market. I think it's a lesson for all of us uh, when we speak about when we speak about structures or anything related to market communication we must ensure that we communicate to the right people to get them to buy into the to, to the to the BE schemes. rightfully so they are addressing a key economic issue in the country um, and not communicate to the up traders who now have an advantage and can short a very liquid stock down to uh, a price that is the discount
1: yeah it's but, a but- i i I'd like to add that i mean w- w- given that they are funding let's say ninety percent of the price the purchase price uh why would why do they need to go back and 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 reprice? i mean you you could say well i gave you a a good price generous generous
0: structure yeah yeah it it's, it's <laughs> that, that's why i'm saying it's still it's still a very generous structure but
1: uh, it's a gender structure
0: yeah but you know price sensitivity we need to be cognizant of that
1: yeah i don't know but yeah b- so, I
2: agree. yeah but then so my thing is who are you talking to right? so, <laughs> so even if you even if you say look let's re- let's not renegotiate it um at the end of the day you are, you are speaking to guys who have the capital to make that play so yeah. I, <laughs> I, I i'm also with bright i don't disagree on the structure it's brilliant actually it's Brilliant structure. um what what i am saying is that uh, the market signals um, well, we're now playing um, Alan Greenspan games, where people try to predict what he would say at his at his at his announcements. But uh, what you're signalling to the market is important, especially as the one who's going to fund the scheme on behalf of previously disadvantaged individuals.
0: Yeah, and and talking about the gearing, which is 85%, uh, Mr. Mgunwal, well, it's not 85% because the other 15% is is shares, so it's about 70%. It's it will be underwater for quite some time if. They took what ahead at ten bucks. You know, it doesn't make sense, really. So that's for for structuring purposes. Which bank is gonna say yes to
1: that? Uh, <laughs> I, I think normally, I mean, the, what the banks do is they would put in a clause that says how are you gonna guarantee this. So either you have to put in
0: yes, they, a yeah,
1: they'll be generous the- dividend dividend yeah. Uh, yeah. payout ratio that says you'd be able to cover that entire thing over time. So. Uh, I, th- I think the fact that the big banks might get involved in funding this, I think, would probably make it uh, <laughs> quite quite attractive for 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 the investors. I mean, okay. remember how Southall structured theirs uh, years ago, and they, that thing was paid within the time frame that was set by the banks.
0: Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Um, let's move on. Onalina on Twitter says, "Why does high prop trade at such a higher earnings multiple?" excuse me, uh, relative to its competitors, Vugile slash Uh He's had a, a, an extensive look at high prop and you can't see where such growth is going to come from. I mean, obviously, this guy is well-versed uh, in, in, in analysing property companies' uh, reits in particular. I agree with him. Um, you know, it's, uh, high prop is not cheap uh, and it's recovered quite nicely post-COVID. And my answer was it's because they've got the best more uh, I only said that because I go to that mall, not not really because they got the best mall in the world, but uh, uh, if they want someone in their marketing, I'm available.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mguni. <laughs>
0: Mr. Mguni. Uh,
1: right.
0: <laughs> Mr. Mguni, I want to hear your thoughts.
1: Look, I don't think you want to look at it uh, on a price multiple. I think you have to look at it on a, or on a price to earnings multiple. I think you have to look at it on a price to book basis. And certainly yeah. the cap rates uh, have gone up and, and some of these things, uh, the valuations are actually, uh, you know, they've come down. But I think that if you look at the price to book, they're telling that about uh, 60% of uh, book and i think that uh, while they've had their fair share of problems uh, including leverage operations in africa uh, that didn't work out so well they've worked so hard to try and clean up that that business so i think at uh, 0.6 times book i mean it's probably uh not too bad but there may be a bit of pain coming in the in the next uh, uh, year or so but in the long term once things stabilized I think you might be uh, in a good position
0: here. Oh, okay, samsung um, we're running out of time here. Let's talk about Aspen, uh, which is Jonathan Governor is asking us. Uh, what's the panel's view on Aspen for the next twelve months? Uh, he liked the encouraging presentation uh, he saw today for management. I mean, uh, if you've been to any Aspen, uh, you know, management presentation, you come back there, you know, um, you know. Wishing, worshiping oh, no. at their altar. So I don't know, man. <laughs> so I, I, I personally stopped going because I was drinking the Kool Ku- a too much. It was messing with my analysis skills. So it's rather easier to speak to other asset managers than speak to management, uh, really, if we're being honest. Uh, what do you think, Tamsan?
2: Um With all shares, you must always look at the numbers. I think I, I agree with you. Um, the management team, they can really communicate a story and a narrative really well. Um, I think they, they are in an, in an industry which has been in the center of attention for quite a while since COVID. Uh, I'm not sure where the future growth will come from. Um, and, and as well as understanding that they operate in, in a particular, uh, a highly regulated and a particular market, um, that, that will continue to be scrutinized, especially around, um, what they do going forward with their product. Um, they do have great management, but, uh, it's not necessarily a share I would uh, put in my portfolio right now. Um, largely not because of the quality of management, but because I don't see um, where the future of uh, healthcare and pharma uh, will come from post this boom of COVID.
0: Yeah, look, uh, he's made a good, you know, good points there, uh, Mr. mguni and the fact that you know, uh, global, um, you know, these type of healthcare uh, biopharma stocks have got bigger pockets, that can fund, you know, studies easily, whereas uh, these guys are just manufacturers in the background. Um, The question for me uh, to you is that, um, you know, they've grown through acquisitions and that didn't work out, obviously. The market liked them for some time and didn't like them when they found out that these businesses are not as profitable as the story we've been told in every year and every presentation. So now what, Mr. Mguni?
1: Look, uh, I don't want to upset management. Furthermore, than what I've already done, uh, I would like to say I, I think the, the the story of acquisitions. I mean that that was a bad decision. Doesn't worked out as you say. I think where they are now, they've had a massive expansion of their uh, uh, manufacturing capacity, and then they lost a the number of contracts uh, that they were using to get the uh, operating leverage from there. Yeah. They then got the COVID uh, uh, in. And that uh, didn't work out so well. So these new products are hopefully going to help them increase capacity utilization because that manufacturing side is running below capacity. That is the only lever that I can see that is uh, going to be meaningful in their lives. If the market on the other side or the the demand for the products that they just got licensed for is actually there, because if it's not there, you can get a license, as we saw with COVID, then then you're going to have problems.
0: Yo, we sound very bearish on Aspen, all of us or healthcare in general you'd swear like we never get sick or something uh mr mguni i'll start with you it's the moment of truth uh, stock pick
1: yeah i, I went with uh, oracle uh so oracle is a, a software business that uh, uh, has been around for quite some time survived the the dot-com bubble best 2008 and it's essentially focused on uh, things like middleware, uh, uh, operating systems, and they are actually quite focused in the in the smaller to medium enterprises. And they've had quite a bad uh, 2021, and they're looking to to cut costs by about a billion. So it looks like also management is responding to some of the governance issues. They're separating the CEO, uh, chairman role. They are any more independent uh, uh uh directors so it looks like i mean they are headed in the right direction in terms of the steps that they're they're taking there's going to be a downturn but they'll probably come out of that downturn uh, uh stronger they yeah. are they are trading probably 14 times forward so i i think uh Long term, it would be a good a good story.
0: So they're separating the CEO and chairman role, and is giving the CEO role to his daughter. Obviously, uh, so you like ne- <laughs> so you betting on nepotism. Uh, Tamsanga, <laughs> <laughs> what's your t- stock pick for the They said
2: a pin duo. duo is my stock. It's a Chinese agri tech stock. It's a platform where farmers and uh, the market meet. Uh, and I think if you've got a billion people who need food and you've got many s m e s that have a platform to sell that food uh to to manufacturers producers um you're going to do well
0: yeah, this has been an you incredible yeah, no it's a pin don't do is or whatever you pronounce it it's been a an incredible story, and i mean. Uh, because of you know the the fight that we were talking about between the two countries uh, it's it's been one of those stocks that's been hit so this might be a good entry price actually I, I like that so Pidong do for for uh, tamsanga and oracle uh, you know a company that's run by a man who owns an the entire island family, rather. <laughs> ah, the family. Uh, the oracle family. and his daughter so that's the company you like okay so Oracle and do. Du, uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, thanks to my guests, Zuela Kemguni from Benguela Global Fund Managers and Tam Sanglaneta from Shiloh Capital. Do join as uh, Zinati for the f- Friday edition of Stockwatch and send those questions during the day via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at or tweet us at Business day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Uh, the show airs live at 19.30. Have a good evening and have a good weekend. Show the